This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, Josh here. Do you feel like mainstream options for things such as yoga, meditation, or documentaries and films meant to expand your mind are lacking? Have you heard of Gaia? Gaia is the largest resource of consciousness expanding videos. Both Stefan and I have watched several of the series, documentaries, and films available on topics such as the secret space program, channeling interdimensional beings, and alien encounters. We're just now exploring the over 8,000 films, shows, and classes available to stream on your favorite devices. To get your 10-day free trial of Gaia, go to fearscapepodcast.com slash Gaia offer. Again, that's fearscapepodcast.com slash G-A-I-A offer. Hello, I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts, cryptids, aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep. Into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another frightening edition of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. This week we have a very special episode for you as Josh and myself, Stefan, are on vacation this week. And so we're digging through the archives of when Fearscape had its own FM radio show. This episode is about crybaby bridge just east of louisville kentucky and is more than just myself in fact i am joined by one of our frequent guest co-hosts mr ed black so please enjoy this episode from fearscape past from fearscape fm the following program is presented for entertainment purposes WCHQ does not necessarily endorse the ideas presented. Fearscape is a program that explores the legend and lore around many creepy and scary things. Information is researched and presented in an entertainment fashion and is presented based off of what we found. Legends have a way of changing over time, so... Beware. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Fearscape FM here on 100.9 FM WCHQ. We are here, as always, bringing you all the spookiest stuff that we could find here in Kentuckyana. And I am joined uh, today by my temporary co-host again, Mr. Ed Black. Say hello. What's up, everybody? That's right. Uh, just a reminder, I'm Stefan Gearhart, in case you forgot. Uh, but uh, my normal co-host, Brad McQuarrie, is still on vacation. Lucky dog. And uh, so we got Ed coming in with us, and uh, we're going to be visiting one of his favorite local legends. Yes, this is a, uh, a favorite local haunt of mine and my buddies from uh, back in our high school days. Uh, a little place that we used to travel out to, just uh, just past the Prospect area. Mm-hmm. It's called Sleepy Hollow Road. Yeah, and the Crybaby Bridge. This is, man, I will tell you what, I was ready to do... Um, uh, not a double episode, but a double topic episode. I was also going to try to cover Hot Rod Haven, which we'll cover later on, and I'm sure I'll have you come on if 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 you're not just temporarily hosting. Uh, but I found a ton of information on Crybaby Bridge that I didn't need to add. I thought it wasn't going to be that much. It's you know, it's just a standard, pretty average legend until you start reading, and there's a crap ton of legends behind this, like all then, kinds of stuff. And you pour and pour through this, and then you find out. That there's not just one crybaby bridge, but a ton of them, and uh, we'll cover a couple of the other ones that are around the country um, uh, towards the end. Uh, so, but before we get started, uh, I don't have any creepy news this week or creepy catch up this week. Nothing really happened this week. I, I did turn forty yesterday. That's creepy in itself. It is creepy within itself, and so I expected some sort of weird, I don't know, like all the ghosts of the people that have died in my past coming back saying "Happy Birthday." <laughs> But no, they didn't. Oh, you didn't get that? No, horde no. Of, <laughs> no horde of zombies like invading the house. Going, no. Happy birthday. No, none of the people that have passed on before me saying, soon, soon. I didn't get any of that. But we soon. do have some spooky news. So let's go right into that. All right, this week on Spooky News, we actually kind of have a sad one. Oh, Uh, no. Yeah, it seems that famed UFO researcher Stanton Friedman is dead at 84 years old. Losing a lot of them these days, aren't we? Yeah, this is the guy that is credited with bringing the Roswell incident to mainstream conversation. Uh, It seems that he was returning from a speaking engagement in Columbus, Ohio, when he died suddenly at the Toronto Pearson Airport on Monday night, according to his family. He was 84. He was a nuclear physicist in training in the early 1960s, and he had devoted his life to researching and investigating UFOs even since back then. He was credited with bringing the 1947 Roswell incident, the famous incident that gave rise to theories about UFOs and a U.S. military cover-up, back into the mainstream conversation. Well, then maybe he didn't die. Maybe he just went home. Yeah, he went. I, I, uh, that's what I always like to say, too. Uh, Friedman officially retired last year, but still booked speaking engagements because he loved talking about UFOs, according to his daughter. His, uh, she said, Dad was curious about anything he didn't know about. He was always asking questions about how things worked. Uh, she also said, I think it's rare for someone to stay so engaged and curious and open-minded for a life that's that long. She remembered her father always encouraging her and was proud and caring and always reminded her to question 
everything. Uh, not only was he known for this, but he was also an accomplished writer. He published uh, dozens of papers about UFOs, and he co-wrote several books. Three of those books were in tandem with Kathleen Martin, and Martin, who is a UFO researcher, said he will be greatly missed. His qualifications, intelligence, and diligence made him irreplaceable in the research field. This guy was something else. He was inducted into the UFO Hall of Fame in Roswell years ago, and just so much. And he was definitely a pioneer of, uh, you know, opening the door and getting this stuff out there and making sure we talk about it. And a lot of people look up to him and respect him, and he will be missed. What kind of uh, Hall of Fame do they have in Roswell? It's it's the UFO Hall of Fame, so it's mostly for people that um, have put in a lot of work. Like, uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't been there yet. I've been to Roswell, but I didn't see the Hall of Fame. Uh, but I'm sure somebody like Art Bell's in there, George Nori. You know, a lot of these people that have put in a lot of time researching and pushing the subject of unidentified flying objects into mainstream. Well, good that they're getting more than just a gold watch on their way out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, They're actually getting inducted into a Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I'm sure there's other organizations as well. I mean, you've got MUFON and some other places, I'm sure, that recognize him as well. Uh, But, yeah, that's, like I said, kind of a sad one. Uh, He was definitely a pioneer. I highly recommend anybody to research him on Google and find some papers or books that you can find. He He was an incredible dude. Well, rest in peace, sir. Yep. And so that's all I got this week for Spooky News. All right, let's get in, Edward. We got All us right, a, let's do it. We we got us a humdinger. We got us a humdinger. We sure do. Yeah, we're we're going to we're going to take us a trip to uh, Sleepy Hollow Road over in Oldham County and uh, right across the line. Like yeah. right across the line. Literally <laughs> right across. I mean, it's just past the prospect area. Yeah, it, it's just right there and uh, it has so much and just legends and everything. But, you know, not only are we covering, you know, the Sleepy Hollow Road, but and it's, the, the Crybaby Bridge. And it's it's such a creepy buildup to when you to before you even get to this bridge, mm-hmm. because there is literally nothing. Yeah. But just fields out there. Yeah. And the road itself is supposed to be haunted and, and all sorts of stuff. So we'll kick this thing off by saying you're probably asking yourself. What the heck is a crybaby bridge? Because we're using it loosely here as if it's something that it's a term we're all well aware of. Well, on Fearscape, we are because we love these legends and these lores and we know crybaby. Everybody knows of a crybaby bridge, whether they're in Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, wherever. They all know a story. I had one growing up when I was a kid in Toledo, Ohio. We had a crybaby bridge just across the line into Michigan. And so everybody's got stuff, you know. And there's actually a very dark history behind Mm -hmm. the reasoning as to why it's called and we'll get to that so chances are you already know but you just don't know it by that name this is uh, a specific type of haunted bridge that features the cries of children they also often include dark histories of child murderers or drowning in the creek over which the bridge runs or often features a tragic young mother who also haunts the area looking for her lost child Maybe that uh, that headless woman that we yeah that no we I was already about thinking about that week. from Barron yeah. County that bridge slash bridge is definitely there. Uh, I don't think any of them had cries, but they definitely had some other stuff going on. So it's not necessarily a crybaby bridge, but it's right up there. Uh, so most of our information today uh, comes from the occultmuseum.com website as well as the Kentucky Monthly uh, website. So both of those are the occultmuseum.com and the Kentucky, or excuse me, KentuckyMonthly.com. So uh, 
let's let's go on and talk a little bit about this. Okay. So you hear Sleepy Hollow, and you no doubt think of the tiny little hamlet just north of New York City that was the rural setting for the infamous urban legend of the Headless Horseman, right? That's of course. immediately what we all think. Uh, but this Sleepy Hollow in Kentucky refers to the road there that has served as a local rite of passage for many a brave teenager. Yes, which we were. <laughs> <laughs> the story with this road goes that often you see a mysterious black car behind you that makes several violent attempts to run you off the road. However, the true terror is on the bridge. It is said by some that the bridge creates something of a time warp where people are driving through will suddenly find their watches have jumped ahead two hours in a matter of seconds. It's also believed that the road and the bridge were once used by a local satanic cult for rituals where human sacrifice of children took place and their cries can still be heard even now. Yes. Yeah. Creepy, creepy. And people ask, is that the wind? Is it the trailing cry of a baby? The wailing of a mournful mother full of regret? These are thoughts that might pass through your mind as you make the winding tree-line drive that is Sleepy Hollow Road in Oldham County. The road is pretty cool. It's a two-mile, curvy stretch of road that is steeped in so much lore that your heart can't help but race as you round every turn in full anticipation that you're about to become your very own urban legend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some nights when Sleepy Hollow Road is not the backdrop of your worst nightmares, it's just a uh, two-lane country road where high school kids might joyride. Most people who have had encounters in the hollow still speak fondly of youthful memories cruising the stretch. Well, I mean, my uh, my memories are just traveling that road at night, and <laughs> yeah. it just being, and it just being. For some reason, we always seem to stop at a certain point, like right there in the open fields, before we'd actually travel any further down this road. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just sort of like in preparation for <laughs> yeah. whatever we might see it's along like, the way. Take a breath. Let's uh, let's get ready. Everybody, for this. breathe deep. Get your uh, the best. The best thing about that, what you're saying is, is that you did that every time, which meant that time. you had some good spooky experiences, or at least the anticipation was so high, you're like, get out of here. <laughs> it just, it just, seemed, it just seemed like we always. My buddy Donnie, he was always the one who drove when we went through Sleepy Hollow Road, and I just remember there always seemed to be this point right before we'd actually travel down, he would sort of just stop there in the road. And we just sort of get our <laughs> you know, gumptions, get, yeah, get our gumption together, <laughs> take a deep breath or whatever, and then we begin traveling down that road. Like most of us do, that enjoy haunted areas. We there are definitely some people who are like, "Let's go," but some of us are like, "Okay, let's do this," which is, I think, the majority of us. Uh, but a good friend of ours, Brent Owen, yes. um, he writes for the Leo and some other things like that. He he wrote a piece in the Kentucky Monthly a while back about his experience there. So we're actually going to be touching a lot on Brent's oh, nice. uh, story. He, in my opinion, is kind of the definitive place to go like for information on the Crybaby Bridge. So uh, thank you, Brent. <laughs> but this is his story. He says, when I approached the hollow one night in August, it was after dark and I was alone. Heat lightning silently lit a canopy of clouds to an ominous purple hue. As I drove toward the hollow, the lights of the outstretched urban sprawl faded in my rearview mirror, and total darkness encompassed everything. I began descending into the hollow with nothing to guide me but my headlights. The thick veil of bone-chilling blackness filled the rearview mirror. The road here curves a lot through the hollow. Each curve is a completely blind turn, any one of which... 
taken individually and put on any other road in the world would earn the nickname Dead Man's Curve, especially when you factor in the 30-foot drop-off to the hollow floor. At the bottom, in the lowest, darkest depths of Sleepy Hollow Road, a bridge crosses Herod's Creek, a good-sized tributary of the nearby Ohio River. From the bridge, the road ascends, refreshingly leading you back out of the hollow. And when you come out of the hollow, you find yourself well removed from the urban sprawl on the other side. You are on a two-lane country road, back beneath the famous blue moon of Kentucky, and a sky filled with stars, their glow unabated by the light pollution of nearby Louisville. It's a breath of fresh air compared with the dark through which you've just passed. I drove Sleepy Hollow Road another time with paranormal investigator Teresa McCammon, hoping to find out. While she had never personally investigated the hollow, the terrain would make a thorough investigation by itself incredibly difficult and dangerous, McCammon had some interesting thoughts about the countless stories that pepper the rich history of this stretch of road. She said, This place is very, very dark. You can't see the sky if you wanted to. The turns are dangerous, and you're descending into what seems like hell. The natural terrain writes its own narrative. I would be more surprised if this road didn't have stories like these. The day that McCammon and I ventured to the area, it was the middle of the afternoon. The sky was bright and blue, the clouds puffy and white, and the sun high and yellow in the sky. And as we approached the hollow, the rain began pouring. Though the sky still blue, the clouds still white, and the sun still high. I had to wonder if someone or something knew we were coming to tell a story it didn't want told. We wound through the pass, and then through the country roads beyond. We strolled through the Harrods Creek Cemetery, which supposedly is where the tailgating hearse is headed, where the ghost of a six- or seven-year-old girl has been seen entering at night. It's still active with fresh graves, but there are headstones dating back to the early 19th century and even some pre-revolutionary war birth dates. I had no paranormal experiences in my times through the past, but of those I spoke with about their Sleepy Hollow experiences, I apparently am the exception. All mentioned they heard or saw something somewhere in the hollow. McCammon says, different people are sensitive to those sorts of things. A lot of the people that are sensitive don't exactly welcome it, and a lot of people that aren't are the ones asking all the questions. But it makes sense. If you're experiencing these things that terrify you, you want nothing to do with it. And if you aren't, you want to know what everyone is afraid of. <laughs> Maybe she's right. Maybe it's just the curiosity in those of us who don't see it that makes us want to see what everyone else is talking about. And that was what led me to Sleepy Hollow in the first place. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's an amazing story. I kind of wish we'd, uh, we'd had Brent in here to read it himself. Yeah, I know. That would have been kind of cool. Something to thought about for the next time. Uh, you know, I just... Didn't even think about it when I was putting it all together. And uh, Teresa McCammon, of course, she's a, she's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I didn't know that she was a friend of yours. Yeah, I didn't she, know you had friends. Ter- uh, <laughs> 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 Teresa McCammon is a uh, is a stand up comic. She is also a paranormal oh, investigator. Very cool. Yeah, she is a a certified paranormal investigator. And uh, yeah, I mean she 
she she knows a lot about this stuff. I Very would, cool. We should, in fact, invite her on sometime. I would I would have loved to have had her read. Her yeah, part absolutely, too. absolutely. Uh, see, when Brad's on vacation, I get caught up in life, and I got to rush things together. So I, I didn't understand. Even, I didn't I understand. even think about it. Brad, he takes his time. Me, I'm like zinga. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Crybaby Bridge and the Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, let's do that. So let's talk about some legends and lores and different things like that. So now I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of with with Brent here in saying that I didn't actually experience anything paranormal mm-hmm. in uh, a Sleepy Hollow Road or Crybaby Bridge. It's one of those things. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's that that thing of where you know you you call the plumber because the toilet is making yeah. that noise, but mm-hmm. then the plumber comes over and it, it doesn't toilet stops doing that. Yeah. That's exactly what happens when you go to these haunted locations. <laughs> the things that you want to see and hear, they just don't happen. Yeah, and often. sometimes you end up seeing or hearing other things that aren't a por- part of like the legend or lore, and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> well, then you got something new to add to yeah, the lore. Yeah, to add to the so. lore. So uh, let's start with the most common legends that surround Sleepy Hollow Road. First, we talked about briefly, Brent talked about, is the infamous hearse that allegedly barrels down on cars from behind and forces them off the road and into the hollow below. That's creepy. I mean, it's a dangerous thing, but God, I would so love it. I would so love to see it happen. I, I would almost love to go rent a hearse one night and <laughs> just sit out there with my lights off and wait for some teenage kids to get on the, you know, get on the road and then just blare and fly past them. <laughs> But then, knowing your luck, that hearse would pull yeah, up Yeah, I know. You. And that's what I was going to say next. So here I am messing with the kids, and it's behind me. Yeah. Is exactly <laughs> what would happen. Um, you know, hearses or cars that are coming after you and things like that is another standard legend or lore that a lot of people around this country have seen or heard. Um, I love the hearse part of it, uh, which is cool. I actually just saw this movie the other night on Shudder called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. <laughs> and uh, it's from 1971, and it's about these, like, hippies, essentially, that buy this house because she, she kind of had, like, a mental breakdown. So her boyfriend and her boyfriend's best friend buy this house way out in the middle of, like, nowhere Connecticut on this island. And uh, they get there, and there's this transient woman that's already living there and all kinds of stuff like that. And But anyways, they have a hearse that they're driving around in and uh, they run through town and you know the townies are like well, what you bunch of hippies got a hearse and, and uh, like the guy that's driving is like it's cheaper than a station wagon jerk <laughs> <laughs> so he he had a hearse do you remember in louisville there used to be a guy that used to drive around with a hearse all the time back in the day you know what I'm talking um, about? It was always like lit up and crazy. This, I mean, this was like 15 years ago. That was the last time I remember seeing it. Really? Because I know that one of the uh, the Louisville ghost hunters actually drives a hearse. That's I mean, probably his, who it was. It's his regular vehicle. Yeah, that's probably who it was. He's got like mannequin ghosts that are yeah. like in the windows. Yep. And so, yeah. Yep. Then it's that. Yeah. So uh, I, I I always remember that. Yeah, he's actually with the Louisville ghost hunters. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, my uh, I, I also wanted to add that my my nie- my niece when she first started driving her her first car was a hearse. Yes, see now <laughs> I want to get a hearse. Although she <laughs> although she got rid of it because it's just it's horrible gas mileage. Oh, I'm sure they're just I'm they're sure. just they're not created to go that far. long distances. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, perhaps the most chilling story is one about the bridge that crosses Harrods Creek at the bottom of the hollow, the bridge we now know as Crybaby Bridge. Yes. Today, it's an unassuming crossing of concrete and steel, but for many years, it was an old covered bridge. It was there at Crybaby Bridge where, according to legend, mothers would throw deformed children or products of incest... Or if she was a slave, her owner's child that she had given birth to into the water below to be washed out or drowned or left to go into the Ohio. You see, and that's the legend that I'm more familiar with. Mm -hmm. It was more like uh, pioneered times when uh, a mother could not afford to raise a child that they would just dump the children off the right. side of the bridge. Right, so in the 80s and 90s, it was dumpsters. Back then, it was bridges. Right, right yeah. Lord. Uh, well, many travelers have claimed that if you stop at the bottom or pass through with your windows down, you can sometimes hear all the crying babies calling out for their mothers uh, or despondent mothers mourning the loss of their children or even the splash of a cherubic body hitting the cold water beneath the bridge. See, and these are things I want to hear when I go. <laughs> I have not been fortunate enough to hear the cries of children, you know, things that would actually like haunt my nightmares for the rest of my life. <laughs> not been not been uh, fortunate enough to actually come. I'm right there with you, Brent. I've never been able to <laughs> never been able to experience any of this, but you know, but it, it's the creepiest. It's yeah. one of the creepiest. Well, places the cool thing the is, city. is that Brent found out that there's a folk song to early settlers of the area brought with them from England that has become inextricably tied to the Crybaby Bridge over the rolling procession of generations called a cruel mother it relates the tale of a mother who is preparing to be married but gets pregnant by another man when her child is born she kills him immediately and then proceeds to the church for the wedding the song features such heartbreaking lyrics as oh mother dear when we were thine out ye took a little pen knife and ye parted us in our sweet life i have a clip of it and i'm gonna play it now she lent a back against the farm She got out a reaping knife There she took those fine babes' lives Down by the greenwood side So yeah, pretty interesting. So this is not a common thing like we talked about. I mean, or I mean, this is not an uncommon thing. Now, where, where did you find that when you unearthed it? Online. On the interwebs. Of course. (laughs) Everything's on the web. Everything. Uh, Other common stories have involved, which is my favorite, which is Devil's Point. A location in the hollow that was the site of an alleged satanic ritual site during the late 1970s and early 80s. Height of the satanic panic. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) There's many, many uh, episodes of Geraldo on this Yeah, Geraldo and Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, There also have been multiple sightings of a soldier on horseback up on the ridge. Some have mentioned lights flying besides their car or moving through the trees, while others have even claimed the pass is a time warp, which we talked about earlier, where they may enter the hollow at a certain time, and after what seems like a five-minute trip through the pass, come out on the other side and discover that hours have gone by. 
However, it seems to me that this could be related to kids on joyrides under the influence of mind-altering substances more than any supernatural phenomenon. Yeah, you see, that's what I was going to say. It's like, man, you're on some good stuff. Yeah, so uh, apparently, you know, and then that begs the question, are drugs just drugs and make you psychotic, you know, when you're there? Or does it open up your mind to things, you know, because there is sh- shared psychoticism, you know? I may totally made up that word, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, can that happen, you know, if three of them are out there are they hearing the same baby cries if they're like on LSD or something it's a good question that we actually asked in the last week's episode mm-hmm. about the uh, the people who saw the ghost house they, right. they could swear it was there and then they got closer and the house was gone and that's something that we've also talked about with like mirages in the desert yep. this whole and also the night hag thing that goes back to there are certain shared delusions yeah. that we all that we all have between that and this that went is, through history and before you even found out about it i mean like i was having night hag stuff happen to me when i was younger before i even knew what it was see and this is why i don't get why human beings are always at each other's throats and hating each other i mean you look back through history there's so many shared things that we have in common yeah we're exactly. all human why not you know the the problem i have with skeptics is that why not why not believe and and you know focus you know thoughts into how can we prove this instead of how can we disprove this because the way a lot of skeptics disprove things are just so asinine that those can't that those disprovements can't be proved either you know oh well it could have been a bird just flying by at the same time that your buddy's cell phone light hit the rear view mirror and well that's (laughs) that's neat that you think that well, how come your thought is considered okay, but my thought that it's actually a spirit that is in light form flying by the car is incorrect? And then some guy in a black suit is telling you it's just swamp gas that <laughs> yeah. was trapped. And Next thing you know, you don't remember the last light, five days. <laughs> light reflected off of Venus, and that's what caused that you know that light you display. Know, but why not? Why not have fun with it? You know, so that we can all just even like make light of it and and learn about it, and 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 you know, this could be a cool way to do things. And you know what? I think part of the problem is is that maybe not everybody can see it, and it's it's a and it's also a way to connect us all together. Yes, it tells the the infinite human story. Yes, it's like guess what? We all see these things, we all hear these things, we all experience these these things. We are not different. No, at all. We are not different at all. Uh, you know, in fact, you know, Brad and I. One of the things we always talk about on both the podcast and the radio show is that we feel like. People that have never seen anything are 99% of the time they don't believe in ghosts because they've never seen or felt anything before. Most of the people that believe in ghosts or believe in the paranormal have some sort of something that happened to them. And it's usually multiple things at that point. And you tend to believe. And And I always feel like that once you see something, it's almost like it's almost like your mind unlocks that ability. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this much. I mean, when you're living in a house right off right off here on Frankfurt Avenue mm-hmm. and you're laying in your bed one night and then you hear the disembodied scream of a little girl in your ear Mm-mm. that may kind of makes you a believer for the rest of your exactly. life. Exactly. And you know, and it's either like you're so blocked off that you won't allow these things to come into you. I think what most skeptics are, um, 
you know, because like I said, most of the people have ever experienced it. You rarely have ever met a person that's only experienced one thing. I'm always jealous of people who have experienced that. I was like, I want to see that. Yeah, I Brad, like might, you know, might. Brad's insane about it. Brad's like, <laughs> strap me down and make, get me meditated. I want to get possessed by a ghost. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, Brad lives in that house where there's apparently oh, I a know. ghost. And... All sorts of stuff <laughs> going on in there. They're, show, they're showing him right. It's right in front of his face. Kinda, he can see it. I'm kind of sad because my house, besides the night hag, I've had no ghost experiences in my house where I'm at. For the, this is like the first house I've ever lived in that hasn't been haunted. But, I mean, granted, I lived in Old Louisville for a long time and uh, country houses and stuff like that. But, like, I've been kind of mad. Like, you know, <laughs> most of it's because our house is one of those houses that were out by the airport back in the day, and they moved it to Clarksville. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, that's the question. Does it stick with the house or does it stick with the land? You know, you know that is a good question. Mm-hmm. Hey, listeners, this is something we want you to do. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, what we 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 have to do this in a way to where they they have to email you now. Uh, is it? Yeah. Like, no. Well, you can just e- email us at fearscapepodcast at gmail dot com. Okay. There you go. Uh, so here's what we want you to do. We want you to email your opinion here. Does a haunting stay with the land or does it stay with the house? Right. So because we do know that there are things like haunted cars or things like that. I I definitely believe that. But like, let's say a a house gets moved. Do you think it would stick to the land or stick to the house? That's the question. Okay. so email your answers again to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. There you go. Email your answers. Does the haunting stick with the house or does it stick with the land? It's a good or stick with the people. Ooh, (laughs) there are haunted people out there. Yeah, there are. Yep. But it's a good question for debate. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, and continue on a little bit. Perhaps the most interesting are conversations with people who are familiar with a hollow. Now, Brent had a few conversations with some people. Okay. Uh, two people who had never met had eerily similar stories about an old woman in the road. One person so far went so far as to refer to her as the sleepy hollow witch as if she were common knowledge. That's creepy. And it's like, now I want to go look for a sleepy hollow witch. You see, this is always, this is always, uh, this is another thing that I want to see. This is a, a story that is in Waverly Hills. Mm-hmm. This is a story here. There, there's always an, an, an elderly woman. Right. Right. There's always the elderly woman. And apparently, like most times, if anybody happens to be in that area, it's said that she will actually approach you. She will talk to you. I'm coming to get you. Hope you got your pants <laughs> on, cause you're gonna have to run real fast. <laughs> uh, but in both cases, the incident occurred near Crybaby Bridge. They described the woman as older, and therefore it would be doubtful that she was the mother of a lost baby. While the storytellers were traveling from different directions, both were on the same side of the bridge when they rounded a corner and saw the woman standing in the middle of the road. One swerved to miss her and ended up hitting the guardrail, while the other didn't have time to swerve, but drove right through her before she disappeared. Ooh. So this happened to two people coming in different directions, and they both saw the same thing. Could you imagine this conversation? They're like, all right, I uh, know we clipped each other. What are we going to tell the insurance company and the popo? <laughs> <laughs> Although there, there is something that does come to mind, and I'm not sure if my mind made this up. Or if this was something that actually happened, I'm just gonna go ahead and lay it lay it do out. Do it, there. please do. That's what we're here for. Because it did it did happen somewhere near uh, Sleepy Hollow Road, and that I happened to be driving down. Uh, there was there was a woman uh, who asked for a ride home, 
and uh, I ended up taking her to her home, but it was like this lavish sort of like, you know, Can we condo. backtrack and remember what we talked about in the Barron County episode, that if you see a woman in white and she's a white woman and she's asking for help on the road, go, get out, <laughs> get out. Well, in this case, this was, this was like a, a black woman and she was, you know, a little bit heavier. Okay. <laughs> all right. Does, so not a, not a white woman in a white dress. No, not a, white, not a white <laughs> woman in a white dress. But here's the thing is that I just remember I drove her home and it was more like this lavish sort of like, uh, you know, condo. But I just remember that uh, I, she gets out of the car and then I'm putting the car in reverse to, to, you know, to pull out. And I'm looking around and I don't see her anywhere. Mm. And I didn't see her go into a house or anything. She gone. And that has been like a huge question of my life is like, did I drive a ghost home? Did she talk to you? Yes, she did. Mm, That's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) But nothing, but nothing ominous in the conversation. Doesn't always. It doesn't always. You know, they say a lot about a lot of uh, those local legends and stuff, uh, especially like the Meshack Road legend. They talk about a lot. A lot of people pick up this woman, don't even realize it. And she just goes and gets off where she's gone. And then they don't pay attention and they're gone. Like, you know, because later on people will be like, oh, my God, I gave a ride to the same person. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, she could she could have, you know, she could have maybe gone into a house. But, you know, I, I don't think it's. See, this is this has bothered me. This has bothered me for so Talk many years. Talk it out, man. Talk because, it out. Because the amount of time from which she got out of the car to when I put the car in reverse to pull out. And started and looked around and didn't see, but that was not enough time. That quick, so she was gone in like what two and a half seconds, like that. She's Man. gone. She's just she. As soon as she was out of my my line of view, and I'm looking around as I'm backing out, I don't see it. And that it wouldn't have been no lights coming on in the house or nothing. No, like, this, oh, you this totally would not picked up a ghost hitchhiker. I think so. <laughs> this has bothered me. For All right. Years. So here's another thing, guys, listeners. If you're there and you you have picked up, uh, was she younger, older, middle aged? This is a um, a younger, maybe like in her thirties. Okay, so if you've seen a younger in her 30s, uh, African-American, a little overweight, and you've picked her up around that area and given her a ride, uh, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Let stories know. at gmail.com or even hit us up on WCHQ Facebook uh, page. Let us know. I want to know. I want to know because I want to help Ed see oh, if he's not a, the only one or not. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a great question in my life, and I, I, I have questioned myself about that, like, I question myself about it all Right, because that would mean that she would have had to get out of the car and run, like, so fast. Oh, yeah. The door had to be unlocked, no screen door, boom. You just you, you didn't need, I, I wouldn't even assume that she would have had time to fish keys out of her pocket Man. to even unlock a door. I mean, it was just that that quick. Well, I mean, who knows? She was probably like, this crazy white man's going to try to do something. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got long hair. <laughs> that's all. You got long hair. That's that's all, that's all I got that's is it. long hair. That's cool, man. But yeah, seriously, if anybody has a similar story to that, please let us know. I'd love to help uh, verify Ed's story <laughs> and make him feel better <laughs> better or worse about life. Um, but you know what? If I, if I found out that it was, it was actually a ghost that I drove home, at least it would be like, wow. Yeah. I had that experience. <laughs> that happened. Yep. 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 
Uh, so we've got a couple other stories. These aren't listener stories, but these are stories that I found uh, that people had documented on their own about uh, the bridge or about Sleepy Hollow Road. Uh, this wor- first one comes from someone named Lizzie. Uh, this was on the uh, www.aminoapps.com, and it was a subsection devoted to Louisville's Crybaby Bridge and Sleepy Hollow. So, Red, if, er, Ed, if you don't mind reading this, that would be great. Two days ago, my best friend and I decided to drive out and try to find the Crybaby Bridge in Shelbyville, Kentucky. The legend behind this bridge is that a woman and her baby were killed in a car accident on the bridge and and now are attached to it. Supposedly, if you wait long enough, you can hear a baby crying while at the bridge and if you sprinkle baby powder on the hood of your car, baby footprints will appear. We brought baby powder but didn't stick around long enough to do any of that at all. To preface... I am an empath, and my best friend is clairsentient. And as we were driving down the long, narrow road to the bridge, we both grew increasingly anxious. Of course, this can be chalked up to it getting darker and generally more creepy going to a haunted bridge. When we finally saw the bridge, it became clear that it was more than that. The moment I saw the bridge, I felt like I got a punch in the stomach, and like there was a psychic assault happening upon my friend. Tears sprung to my eyes, and I immediately said to my best friend, I can't do this. I can't do this. We have to leave. They immediately agreed, though. We stayed long enough to snap a picture through the windshield. The feeling I felt when I saw the bridge was the deepest, rawest sorrow I've ever felt. I knew that if I had stepped on that bridge, I would have hysterically sobbed. As we were driving away, even as we were 30 minutes away from it, I felt the energy of that place trapped in my body. It was the most intense paranormal experience I have had yet. I'd also like to say that I do not normally react like that when I'm scared. I might say I don't want to, but I can fight through it and calm myself down. But this was more than that. I couldn't fight this. There was more than my own fear. We do plan on returning with another person in the daytime so we can further explore the bridge. Both of us will be going back with protection, both psychic and spiritual. Wow. (laughs) That was pretty awesome. Uh, So, you know, she (laughs) tapped into that whole idea of being empathetic and feeling. (sighs) Well, you see, this is another one of those things that, that... generally affect women yeah. in haunted vicinity. I mean, I have actually been witness to this in Waverly Hill Sanitarium when we're just going on a tour with uh, female friends in the group. Then all of a sudden they will begin feeling either ill or they'll feel oh, wow. desperately sad. Yeah. And they have to actually like leave the... I mean, this has happened. I've yeah, seen this I happen. Yeah, I mean, I consider myself an empath as so well. For, and, yeah. So for this story to kind of come across... As this woman gets to that location, she taps into something that brings her the deepest sorrow in her soul. I've seen it happen. Well, they also talked about another traditional aspect of lore, which is the baby powder, baby feet or baby powder. See handprints uh, one or the other. Uh, Ghost hunters did one on a bridge. I actually think it was the Meshack Road one, Um, you know, goes over a uh, uh, 
uh, train track and, you know, they sprinkled the baby powder and there were handprints there where it got pushed, you know, different things like that. And so here's another aspect of the legend that we didn't even touch out in the beginning that she had heard, which was about that. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. That one got me. It's, I mean, it, you know, you're talking about the baby powder thing. Yeah. Um, I have seen that there was an episode of Ghost Adventures. They're going through like an old schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. And it also has that story. You put baby powder on the floor. You'll start to see footprints, footprints. of young children. And yeah, they would they would put down the baby powder and maybe look back a couple few minutes later. And there'd be there these little were. kid footprints. Uh, the next story I have is from a guy named Chris. Uh, this came from a really neat uh, website that I found called LouisvilleHalloween.com. Oh, LouisvilleHalloween.com. Yeah, I'm really upset that I had not heard of it until today. <laughs> LouisvilleHalloween.com, they are now the people who run the annual Halloween parade. Oh. And the, uh, the, 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 there's a big Halloween block party yeah. that takes place on Baxter Avenue now. Yeah. Uh, up in the Highlands. Every, uh, every maybe, I'd, I'd say, second or third week of, uh, of uh, October. So, yeah, LouisvilleHalloween.com, they are the actual people who put this on along with the they they acquired the Louisville or the Louisville Halloween parade from Caulfield. Very cool. Well, I very much love your guys' website and I will be coming back to it quite frequently. Found a lot of great stories on there they and got stuff. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, but what was cool on this was that they they had their own little story on the Crybaby Bridge and Sleepy Hollow Road and uh this was um someone who commented on that and he shared his own story. And so he commented Whoa. on the lore, and so here's his story. This is from Chris. I live in the countryside, in a neighborhood not too far from Sleepy Hollow Road. One night in high school, I was coming home late from my friend's house. I had taken this way home a hundred times and still take it every now and then. Anyways, it was very dark and my headlights were on, and then all of a sudden I saw this black figure rushing down the hill, which being a level-headed person, I assumed was a large black trash bag or something. However, it didn't get caught on any of the trees it was passing. And before I knew it, it hit the front of my car. And by hit, I don't know what I mean because it made no sound. As fast as it had come, it had gone right in front of my face, through the windshield, of course, and then down the hill. I don't know what I saw, but it sure wasn't a bag. It was... Well, I don't know what it was, but it sure scared the heck out of me. So it went through the windshield. Went through the windshield. And just disappeared. Just disappeared. Made no sound. It, you know, I, I assume he also means it, it didn't, you know, make any vibrations or, or physical sensation as well. Hey, uh, Chris, I don't mean to scare you or nothing, buddy, but are you sure that that thing actually disappeared? Because there is a possibility that something might be living in your car. Not a bad, not I mean, a bad thing to was, think about. I mean, that was that was you know that was something that was one of those uh, things that we uh, we got involved in our practice of Wicca mm -hmm. back in the day when we were teenagers. Uh, we got into the whole thing about um, you know learning to uh, suppress spirits mm -hmm. into into stones before leaving a location. Yeah, 
And uh, this is that's the question I'm asking. Like here, we talked Chris. about, could they attach themselves to your car? Could they attach themselves to you, or are they stuck in that land? You see, and that that's the question I'm asking you mm-hmm. here, Chris. It went through your windshield. You didn't see where it went after that. Yeah, Chris, if you're listening, let us know if you've had any other experiences in I mean, your car. Yeah. That'd be interesting <laughs> to find out. There is a possibility. I mean, it, it it can attach itself not just to you, but to your property. Yeah, and, or uh, to your crankshaft in general. Yeah, so it's your uh, engine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all we all know Carrie to be a novel, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. The thing that gets me the most is 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 that it 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 slides into the car and through the windshield. Like that's the most impressive part of it, you know. Because if this had just seen, I saw something rush down the hill. It rushed in front of me. It was gone. Could have been anything. Could have been a bear. Or could have been you know anything. But the fact that he saw this bad boy come through his window, still not even be able to pick up on the image, makes it more like a shadow figure of some sort, which is super creepy. Uh, man, no thanks. Uh, you know, let, that's the type of thing. I'm like, I don't want that. Let, let me let me tell you the only the only thing scarier. Then seeing a uh, seeing a a, a a bee or a spider or something crawl into my window is not knowing where it went yes. after that. Dude, I did laundry the other day, and a spider, as I was putting the clothes into the washer, I saw it jump off of the article clothes I was putting in and go into the washer that was already full. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So you better believe I washed that laundry on hot <laughs> and then I, I was so scared when I changed over the laundry that I wrapped my hands in two like pillowcases and then took that laundry out, threw it in there, and turned on the dryer as fast as I could. <laughs> I'm picking a I'm picking a big piece of you know just like a big piece of mail out of that box outside your uh, outside your mm-hmm. your apartment building, and as I'm picking this thing up, on the other side of it. This huge like white spider. No. Now I was I was I was I was actually you know my re- my my reaction is going oh god yeah but <laughs> I I was gentle with it I actually you know I actually just uh, opened the door took the took the magazine just kind of flopped it a little bit mm-hmm. to just get the spider to go outside you know I did I didn't immediately like smash this thing down on the ground stomp it or you're a better man you know. than I <laughs> I try I try to be gentler in my old age. Ugh. Well, uh, so that was some stories, and that was... Yeah, but Chris, you need to hit us up on yeah. that email, man. Let us know if there's anything weird going on with your car. I mean, we're not going to fix it for you. Absolutely, nothing, but... and just in general, like I said, if you've got any other stories, because that's, that's our wrap-up on Louisville's Crybaby Bridge. Uh, if you have any stories, please send those to Fearscape Stories, or no, Fearscape Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send those to us. We would love to touch back on this again sometime and uh you know i we we've been talking for a while anyways about ed brad and myself going out to cry baby bridge together and uh we'll probably do that down the road oh man we have got to make that yeah because brad's never been to hot rod haven either so see and like, i've never been there so oh we man need to, we need to do that that was my place in high school because it's right behind my high i went to Doss high school so you see we need to take you out to cry baby bridge yeah you need to take us out to hot rod yeah hot rod haven yep there's a lot of good legends at hot rod haven especially up the cemetery and all kinds of cool stuff so see, i like the legend that surrounds that one yeah that yeah. one's a good one uh but to move on, because we are not done, I wanted to talk a little bit about other crybaby bridges. Yeah, because apparently while you're doing your re- your research, and we mentioned at the top of the show, you found that there's not just one, but several. Several. I picked four. Bridges. 
Uh, I found this on a list uh, that was from the occultmuseum.com, who we touched on a little bit in the beginning. Uh, they they had a list of their top five, uh, and ours was in there. Oh, okay. And so here's the other so four. So we, we do rank somewhere here. <laughs> yeah, right. we're in the top five there. Nice. Uh, so uh, this one is Maryland's Crybaby Bridge. The bridge is the original crybaby bridge from which all others have borrowed the name. It's a one-lane bridge in Prince George's County going over the Paddocksent River, which, according to legend, is the watery final resting place of an infant back in the 1950s. Naturally, this is the baby said to be making the wailing sounds often heard at the bridge. Several dark stories exist as to the truth behind this rumored infant death. Some claim the woman was a young mother that was struck by the car of her own husband who did not see her in the fog, and the baby fell into the waters below. Other versions say the mother purposefully drowned her child to escape the stresses of young motherhood. One particularly chilling version of the story tells of a chapter of the KKK who repeatedly used the bridge as a place to murder local African-American children. No matter which story locals ascribe to, Many have claimed to have heard the child's cries from below the bridge while out at night, which has given rise to this haunting legend. Wow. Ooh. That does share a similarity, though, with ours. Yeah. Woo. So like I said, yes. this is the OG, the original Crybaby Bridge, where everyone has stolen the name from since. The guy gives you chills up the spine, don't it? Yeah, it does, man. Whew. Now, not to say there weren't other crybaby bridges, but no one called them that until this bridge. So, yeah, that's Maryland's. What do we got next? The Van Sant Crybaby Bridge in Pennsylvania. Yeah, this bridge, which is also known as the Beaver Dam Bridge, was built in 1875 over the Pitcock Creek. The most common story connected to this bridge is that of a young mother who, after being disowned by her family for her premarital relationship, crept to the bridge to dispose of her illegitimate child. After flinging her child into the waters below, she was so distraught at what she'd done that she hung herself from the bridge. It's also been reported to have been a place of hanging for horse thieves. With a dark history, the wails of a child are said to be heard even to this day. Supposedly, even the feet of the hanging woman has been said to touch the top of cars as they pass under. Oh! oh that's creepy as no. all get out. <laughs> no. Oh, no. no. So you're driving and all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> nope. Is somebody tap dancing? Nope. What is that? Yeah, no. No, it's her trying to stand oh, on your car so geez. she doesn't die again for the 400th time. Oh. Oh, that's creepy. Whoa. Yuck. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Hey, hey, Stefan, this is this is what, I'm, what I'm telling you about when we would stop before we go yeah, any further. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of, oh, God, take it in. Yeah. Uh, so the next two come from Ohio. Uh, this one is Rogue's Hollow. Okay. The story comes from a region of Ohio already famous for several dark urban legends. But this one tells the usual story of a young mother, spurned by family and her lover, taking her child and delivering it to an untimely death in the waters below the bridge. However, there is another story that tells of a family that slipped on black ice one night and flew to a cold and watery grave below. Legend also has it that the scene repeats itself as a residual haunting on the bridge. Nightly, the apparition of a young woman tosses a bundle over the side and into the water below. Either way, chilling sounds can be heard at night when passing over this bridge. The only problem I have with the story, the only problem I have with this story is the the whole family 
slipped on black. Come on. Come on. Okay, one person, yeah, but the whole family, you know, mother, father, daughter, brother, even the family dog. Are you telling me that everybody slipped on it at the same time? I Maybe. Uh, who knows, man? You don't know how that bridge be. There may not be sides to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next one here, also in Ohio, and very aptly named Hell's Town Crybaby Bridge. Oh, here we go. Mm. The bare bones of the story for Helltown's infamous crybaby bridge goes that a young mother disposed of her child and is often referred to as the woman in white. By those have, who have seen her apparition, there are said to be visible tiny handprints on the rails by those who get close enough to look when they hear the sound of baby's cries. One such local ritual includes leaving your car locked with the keys and the ignition at night on the bridge and walking away only to find the motor started and several pairs of small handprints all over the outer portion of the vehicle. And while the bridge itself isn't located in Helltown, it sits on a road that figures prominently in Helltown legends. Ooh, man, I know we don't normally cover Ohio, but I might have to look up the legend of Helltown. That might be yeah. a cool, fun episode to do. It's still regional, and a lot of my family's in Ohio, so they listen. <laughs> but, I mean, but, I mean, still, I mean, you have a city or a town that's called Helltown. Mm -hmm. There's a city in Kentucky called Hell for Sarton. Ooh. And uh, it was. Are old, you going to cover that on a future episode? It's not really that haunted, but I mean, it was it was an old mining town, and and things went awry, and so they named it Hell for Sartin. Oh, okay. Hell for Sartin, mm -hmm. <laughs> Eastern Kentucky. Oh, it's Hell for Sartin. So we know that there are many other tales out there of other crybaby bridges. So not only do we want your stories of Louisville's crybaby bridge, but uh, do you have crybaby bridges in your town or county where you're from or where you live, wherever you're listening, or do you know of any other legends or lore? Make sure to send those to us at fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. Fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And that reminds me, because we're about to get into our listener story here. Um, but, oh boy, that was some good. Yeah, this has been a good episode. Yeah, Stephen. Crybaby wow. Bridge has got good. So. You, actually, you actually unearthed a lot of things that I didn't even know about our crybaby bridge, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I told you, I was. Surprised. I didn't know that there were so many others. I kind of <laughs> put it off because I didn't think there would be that much information, but there is quite a bit. So there. Sleepy Hollow Road has quite a history. Mm -hmm. Sure does. And if you guys, uh, if there's anybody who lives out near Sleepy Hollow Ooh, Road, yeah, and maybe you have some uh, some very firsthand experiences of me living out in that neighborhood, you know, send us your listener stories because we want to hear about your experiences absolutely even if it's just one line one night you were driving and you saw the hearse like let us know like the yeah. more stories we get the more skeptics will tend to maybe believe um but the story we've got a listener story that i got sent in uh actually through um through one of the i don't remember which one but one of the haunted facebook groups i'm visiting a guy pm'd me and sent me this message and uh it's, it's pretty interesting it's more about a story he heard uh, but yeah, we're going to go into that. It's from a guy named Harold Bueller, and uh, this is his story. I grew up near a railroad track in Bardstown, Kentucky. My uncle always used to tell stories to scare us kids. One of his favorites was the ghost train and its engineer, Billy Dale. He said there was a legend that said that when the railroad was first built, that Billy Dale was meant to drive one of the first trains through these parts. 
However, the night before he was supposed to do this, he went to the saloon and got incredibly drunk and drank until sunrise. Realizing he had to drive the train, he splashed water on his face and went to the station. His boss saw him stumbling in and he could barely hold himself up. The news and all the media was there, and here was their star engineer stumbling in drunk and smelling to high heaven. He embarrassed the railroad company and was fired in front of God and everybody. This had brought shame on him, and he couldn't get a job anywhere after that. His name had been slandered all the way up to even Louisville. He began drinking even more, drank right through his savings. He was so angry at everyone that worked for the company because they all backed up the boss and told Dale that he was wrong for getting drunk that night and trying to drive a train the next morning. One night, as my uncle tells the story, Billy Dale drank down his last bottle of bourbon in record time and decided to get his revenge on those that ruined his life. He went out and bludgeoned his boss and many other employees at the railroad, loaded them up in his wagon and took them many miles away from the station. He tied them all down to the railroad track and raced back to the station and stole the first train he could find that headed that way. He loaded as much coal as possible, and some say he used so much coal that fire was shooting out of the chimney of the engine. People could hear his constant blaring of the horn and see the light off into the distance in the darkness. At record speed, he raced in the direction of the tied-down people and ran them all over, killing them with a devilish smile and a devilish laugh. Billy Dale was put to death and laughed as he was executed. My uncle would always say that on particular hot summer nights you can still hear the sound of Billy's ghost train and hear his demonic laugh as he looks for anyone to run over. Now, I don't know if any of this is true. I never have found any proof of it. But maybe it was just my uncle's way of getting us to not play on the train tracks at night. But one thing is for sure. If I was anywhere near the tracks at night and I heard a train horn... You better believe I ran home as fast as I could. Good story. Yeah, I, I, you know, Harold, I I couldn't find anything myself. I did some research and looked into it. I couldn't see anything to it. So it might have just been a story his uncle made up, but it's a good one. (laughs) I mean, I mean, a lot of time, a lot of times, a lot lot of the stories do come from parents just trying to keep their kids. Yeah, or it's a legend they heard and they localized it or, you know, just anything like that. But it's good. It got me. It's a good story. Yeah, because when I was a kid, we definitely had ghost. I lived near a rail yard that had like 20 tracks. Like it was one of those. I lived just about a block and a half away. So I actually, one of those that, uh, you know, I fall asleep to the train. Like those houses over like Hyde <laughs> Avenue and stuff on Frankfurt Avenue. Yeah, right, right I lived two houses next to the train track and I slept like a dream. <laughs> like I love it. I love trains. But we always had heard from the older people and stuff like that, that there was a ghost train that would come through at night. And they would always say it was Casey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we would always go out there and they would say you had to like do different things to get him to spur he had to figure out which date it was but man i can't tell you how many nights we snuck out of the house going to look for the ghost train of casey jones <laughs> um and i bet man. you this kid did too looking for the ghost of billy dale like i imagine like fire because you know, they had fire shooting out of the chimney and like you know all kinds of crazy stuff man see i didn't i didn't have any of that around my neighborhood we didn't we never lived near train tracks or mm-hmm. you know under an air you know airplanes uh uh Field or whatever, yeah, airport. Yeah, airport. We didn't. We never lived. <laughs> well, I was thinking more like the route that they take to go over to houses sure. and all that. Yeah, yeah. We never lived under any of those. But um, the one thing I will say this goes this goes back to childhood is that we did have like an old abandoned house that oh, lived yeah. like right across the road. I think everybody had one of those. Everybody too, had man. one of those. An old abandoned house, and every once in a while you would try to 
take a walk into it, and uh, of course the the house was still owned, so you you couldn't really yeah. spend too much time in there. Uh, fearing that you might get caught. Oh, yeah. Well, Parker uh, is a good friend of mine, used to be in damaged goods with me. He lived in that old neighborhood uh, by the airport. They were one of the last families to leave. So Parker grew up as a kid playing in all these abandoned houses. Like, he's got stories that, I mean, he, he was like one of two families left in the neighborhood from when he could, you know, be three or four when he could remember. I think they moved when he was seven or eight. Uh, but he was one of the last families moved. So, yeah, a lot of his stories are like, yeah, we would just throw... We kept finding any window we could break, you know, like they were all gone. But yeah, although, although epilogue to that, though, is that when I was 14 years old, the house burned down. Oh, <sighs> it was like, you know, you just you just you wake up like first thing in the morning to get ready for school. And you're seeing uh, you're seeing the, the, the you know, the, the lights mm-hmm. and hearing the sirens and all that. Yep. And then you look across the street and that old abandoned house. It's gone. That you tur- you wanted to set foot into so many times is burning down to the ground. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, hate to cut you off, but we got to get out of here. Time is short here on WCHQ. Time uh, is short. Time is money. Yep. Uh, well, you guys can find me uh, and Brad. We both do Fearscape podcast as well. That is a uh, not safe for work or children podcast, but you can find that on Stitcher or iTunes or just go to destinationcomics.com uh, or even on SoundCloud. Uh, or at, we're here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Brad and I also uh, perform improv. You can check us out every first Saturday of the month at 10 p.m. Uh, we'll be at the Bardstown at 1801 Bardstown Road. We'll be there June 1st. Uh, Ed, what do you got going on? Anything quick? Well, they can find me right here at WCHQ every Monday through Thursday during Lunch Break Live from 11 a.m. to 1. All right. Well, let's get out of here, man. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember to send in your listener stories. And uh, on that, this has been Stefan. I'll catch you on the flip side. Now, Ed, and I'll see you on Monday. All right. Good night, folks. So glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>